So we're in our series um, entitled, what, what did I entitle it? What Love Does. Series title is What Love Does. What does love do? God is love, and what does God do? What has God done? What, when Jesus was on the earth, what did, what did he do? And um, something that we've got to realize more and more all the time, that this gospel is not a selfish thing. Um, this gospel is not just self-serving. It's not just about us. When we're believing the word, when my wife's talking about this book study for, for um, women and, and what it has to do with, it's not just about you. Actually, your life is about so many other people than you, you have no idea. You have no idea. And the world, the whole world, and, and I think the, the words that my wife used earlier um, are excellent for what the, 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 the setting of the world right now is in a lot of unrest. Everybody say unrest. unrest. There's a lot of unrest in the world. Well, you know, the Bible already tells us there's going to be unrest. The Bible says in, in the last days, darkness will cover the earth and deep darkness the people, but the Lord. Amen? But God. But God in me. See, the hope of the world is God in us. But it's not that this, this walk with God is not just about what the gospel can do for me, it's what the gospel can do in me and through me. And, and, and we're here to touch the world, and we have to. That's what love did. Love, God so loved the world, God so loved us in our brokenness and our, uh, in our unsaved conditions, He so loved the world that He gave the best. So when we get His nature in us, then we, that what's got to work in us is that we so love the world that we give ourselves. Because life is more about serving than it is anything else. Life is about serving more than anything else. So today, um, we're going to read out of 1 Corinthians 9, when I preached last two weeks ago, um, out of 1 Corinthians 9 and 19 through 23, we talked about it. But I, I want to read, I'm going to read this passage in the New King James. And then I'm going to read this passage in, um, in the Message Bible. And it's verses 19 through 23. Verse 19 says, this is the Apostle Paul speaking to the church here at Corinth, and he's speaking to us today. For though I am free from all men, I have made myself a servant to all, a servant to everybody. The way that you and I are more like Jesus all the time is that we love everybody. Everybody. You're more like Jesus when you are loving everybody. And you know what that means? To love everybody, you have to be focused on the unlovely. 
You have to be. That I might win the more. So he said, for though I am free from all men, verse 19, I have made myself a servant to all that I might win the more. To the Jews I became as a Jew, that I might win Jews to those who are under the law as under the law, that I might win those who are under the law. Uh, You could say to Muslims, I became like Muslims so that I could win the Muslims. Uh, You might say, uh, you know, to... um, whoever and whatever, certain words here that they use are not exactly what we use and totally understand. He said, but, but uh, uh, that he said that I might win those who are without the law to the weak. I became as weak that I might win the weak. Well, I don't like to hang with that person. You know, he just has, he's just weak. He's just, he's weak-minded. He has an attitude. I, I, don't, I don't like, no, those are the ones you, ha- you go after. See, when we close ourselves off, when we close ourselves off, then we close ourselves off to what love does. God so loved the world that he gave the best of heaven for the ungodliness of the world to the people that we really don't like, the people we really don't like being around. God, that's who God gave. So when we get his nature, then we will so love the world, get ourselves up out of our comfort zones and go out and love the world by giving ourselves and serving them. To the weak I became weak, that I might win the weak. I become all things to all men, that I might by all means save some. Verse 23 says, Now this I do for the gospel's sake, that I may be partaker of it with you. Now, I'm going to read this out of the message translation, so just follow with me, um, or just listen to me. Um, Even though I am free of the demands and expectations of everyone, I have voluntarily become a servant to any and all in order to reach a wide range of people. Religious, non-religious, meticulous, meticulous moralists, loose living moralists, the defeated, the demoralized, whoever. I didn't take on their way of life. I kept Bearing, I kept my bearings in Christ. He said, I didn't take on their way of life. I kept my bearings in Christ, but I entered their world and tried to experience things from their point of view. I've become just about every sort of servant there is in my attempts to lead those I meet into a God-saved life. I did all this because of the message. Because of the word. I did all this because of the word. I didn't just want to talk about it. I wanted to be in on it. I didn't want to just talk about it. I wanted to be in on what Jesus' real purpose in the earth was. Can you say amen? So, I want you to think about a few things today. I just want to talk to you about some things that are really, really strong on my heart about the place of the church in the earth. Um, <clears throat> something that, that I've realized in when, when, I was, when I was a young Christian, I was, I was evangelizing everywhere I went, in the businesses I worked in. I, I owned my own business at one time, and, and, and the places that I did business for, 
uh, I, I evangelized, did a lot of things. In, in my younger years, there was a lot of evangelism. And when I came and, and to this city and I came in this city and everything about this city was totally different than where I had come from. And I, and I stepped into a role as a, as a senior pastor, as a leader in the church. I stepped into a role that I had never been in before, a senior leader that I'd never, I'd never experienced that before. And uh, over time, over time, just not even aware of it over time, I got more concerned and, and a little busier about building the congregation of people than I did realizing how important it was to stay connected to the world and how important it was to stay connected to lost people. Because how many know in here today that if you're lost, you're lost? And lost means lost. And when the meaning of lost is lost, what lost really means is being lost. You're lost. You don't know where in the heck you're going. you got no vision and understanding about why you're here. It doesn't matter how good you look or how bad you look. It doesn't matter how much money you have or don't have. It doesn't matter how many toys you have or don't have. If you're lost, you're lost. Jesus didn't come for the saved, for the healed. He came for the sick and the lost. That's what he came for, right? And time and time again, and actually I, I, I want to read this verse out of, um, out of Matthew chapter 9. In making my point today, Matthew chapter 9. And verse 35. And it says, Then Jesus went. Everybody say, He went. He didn't send out invitations for them to come. He went. And He went about all the cities and the villages, teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel, the good news of the kingdom. And healing every sickness and every disease among the people. And when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them because they were weary and scattered like sheep that have no shepherd. I've said this to you as of late in a, in a few services. And I said it two weeks ago when I was preaching. And you need to get this down inside of you like you've never had it before. The world, the whole world, wants to be saved. And the one thing that is standing in the way of the church being saved, the one thing, is Christianity. It's Christians that don't know how to be what Paul was that I just read you out of 1 Corinthians 9. Christians with agendas and attitudes and religious minds and man-made ideas about what Christianity really is, it's what's standing in the way of the world being saved. Listen to me. The whole world wants to be saved. Several years back, I went back to some things 
in my early years that I did, I used to, I heard somebody teach this years and years ago, and they said they had a list of unsaved people that they would put and they would believe God for, and, that, and I did that. Early on in my, in, in, in my walk with God, I, I had this list of about, I think it was my top ten list or something like that. It didn't have to be that. It could be whatever you want. And I, and, and, and I continually, year after year, saw those people get saved, 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 every one of them. When I came here and I started church life, you understand, I believe in the church. That's why we're here, right? I believe in church life. But what I don't believe in is getting so involved internally that you forget external. That's what I don't believe in. I didn't believe in it when I was doing it. I just, at times when I was doing it, I was not aware of it because I was so consumed internally. But in the last few years... Staying internal, see, internal is vital, but you can't stay internal and grow the kingdom of God the way God wants it grown. See, the the, the vision can't be, and early on God showed me this when I was a, a pastor, the vision can't be to build a big church. That can't be the vision. The vision has to be to go to people, and when people begin to love you because of your acceptance for who they are, then they're going to love your God, and then they'll follow you, and you'll build something big. Did you hear the difference? There's a huge difference. It's huge. It is absolutely huge. See, when Jesus was out there, when he went, it, it, it's not as much about inviting people as it is going to people. See, you'll invite people. You won't just invite people. You'll bring people with you. You'll want people to come and experience and hear things that are liberating your life. I was teaching a group of men the other night, and uh, I shared with them something very, 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 very elementary. Very. Say very. I mean very. It's very elementary. And this is what I said. I told all these men. I said, there's one thing that you have to understand to be delivered and healed. And you'll never get delivered in your life if you don't understand this one thing. Now, out there, out there, and actually in here, the only problem in the world is a sin problem. And the only one that can fix it is Jesus. We, we, we don't have an anger problem and a this problem and, and, a, and a hatred problem. No, 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 we, we have a sin problem. Now those things may be part of the sin But there's a sin problem out there because people continue to do things that don't please God because they don't know Him. And how are people that are lost and they're sinners, how are they going to do anything else other than lost stuff and sinful stuff? Don't be shocked at what people do. I'm telling you today, don't be shocked at anything that you hear someone else is doing. If they're without God, they don't have the capability of doing anything. Not anything. So I told the men, there's one thing. Raise up your finger. How, how many can grab a hold of one thing? One thing. 
told them, there's one thing. If you really want to be delivered, we were talking about strongholds of the mind. And I said, if you really want to be delivered and set free of strongholds that create a healing, there's a process. You do this one thing, and it creates a deliverance in your, in your life, in your soul, that creates healing, spirit, soul, and body in your life. But the reason people don't get healed of all kinds of things, not just physically, but mentally, emotionally, and a lot of other ways, is because they're not delivered, but they're not delivered because they don't understand this one thing. Now, when I tell you this one thing, you're going to say, well, okay, I've heard that. Everybody's heard this. And actually, this one thing has a false negative connotation to it, but yet, if you really understand it, if you really understand what I'm, I'm fixing to give you this one thing, if you really get a hold of it and you understand how to apply it, it'll create deliverance and healing in your life so that a healed person does what? healed person wants other people healed. Right? A delivered person wants other people delivered. But you have to understand this one thing. And see, out there, there's a whole bunch of people that really actually need to be in here hearing what I'm telling you right now, but they'll never come in here if you just invite them. I mean, a very few portion, or a very small portion of people will, but not the unsaved. See, there's a lot of, there's a lot of people that hop from church to church and do things like that, and, and a lot of the church world, it, it just, there's a shift going on at different times, and people just move from church to church. But I'm talking about the lost the people that know nothing about God. People that don't want anything to do with God because the devil's made sure that most of the experiences with God they have are with a bunch of goofy Christians. And it's those goofy Christians that are in the back of their mind that cause them to become people that they think they like but they really don't like because down inside of them the laws of God are written on their heart. And they don't really want to be that way. They want to be people that are saved but they don't want to be like Christians. I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't want to be that guy. God, forgive me where I've been that person. Never again. I'm busy as an individual building the church of Jesus Christ day by day, person by person, and my top 10, 15 list just continues to grow, and in the last few years, those people are, are, are beginning to get saved. Some of them have been on my list for 5, 10 years. You can't force salvation, but you can have this promise. Everybody you believe for, if you're really believing for them, the word won't return void, but will accomplish what it was set out to accomplish, and they will get saved. And you can pray for their protection until they get saved and never have to force them a day in your life. Just love them. Just accept them. What were we talking about? One thing. Everybody say one thing. And, and the one thing is what produces deliverance. How many in here want to be delivered in your soul all the time? Amen. Well, this thing produces it. It produces deliverance that causes you to be healed and, and, and set free from things that hold you in bondage. But you have, to, you have to not just be able to make mental assent to what I'm fixing to say. You have to believe it. And you have to understand, and what I taught these men the other night, was how to follow through with it. And the one thing is one word. And the one word 
is repentance. Ah, yeah, Pastor, I've heard that before. Yeah, we've heard it. But what do we do with it? You remember this, the passage of Scripture where... Uh, my mind's blank. The, 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 the passage of Scripture about, the, about forgiving... Jesus was asked about forgiving somebody seven times, and he said 70 times seven right? 490 times. And he wasn't talking about on the 491, you don't have to forgive them. He, he, was, he was talking about it doesn't matter how you always forgive people. If that's the case, then what you forgave somebody for was their repentance. The reason repentance doesn't work for people is because they quit. Well, Pastor, I, you know, I've, I've repented about, uh, I mean, 15 times. Well, you little warrior. I repented 15 times and and nothing changed. Whoever told you to quit? Listen, every time you've done something wrong, remember, the problem with the world is a sin problem. It's a sin problem that only Jesus can fix. So where is my repentance to? My repentance is to Jesus. You may have wore repentance out. Oh, I'm sorry for this and stuff to other people. Just shut up. Don't tell people nothing. Just go to Jesus. Listen to me. Every time that you come to him, you are forgiven even before you did the thing that you shouldn't have done. So see, you're already forgiven. So when you repent to him, you know what his words are to you? What he told a number of people in the Bible? Now, go and don't do it again. Oh, but I did it again. You do the same thing. Repent. What does repentance mean? Repentance doesn't mean you're sorry. If you're doing something wrong and you get caught at doing it, that's not repentance. You might be sorry you got caught, but that's not true repentance. True repentance is realizing what you're doing is wrong and and turning from that. Okay, now, watch me... I'm headed this way. Now watch me turn. Did I just turn in one step? No. Repentance is turning from what you're doing. And the only way you're going to stop doing what you're doing is to Repent to Him and stay pressed into Him and get from Him what you need. And if you have to repent 491 times, He'll forgive you every time because you were already forgiven before you did it. But I'm telling you, I'm telling you things that I've seen along this line in my own life is that things don't stay, you, you, you won't repent 490 times when you've repented 35 times and you're staying with it. And you're staying pressed toward Him. Listen to me. The world out there needs a people that understand how to repent, how to allow their soul to be set free and delivered so that they can receive all that God has. The reason people can't receive healing in their physical bodies is because their soul is not delivered and it's screaming out, yeah, but I don't deserve it. 
Yeah, but this. Yeah, but if I hadn't have done that. Yeah, it's because you're not in the world of repentance and staying there and living in that place and seeing it as a positive thing instead of a negative. How many people have ever heard the word repentance and you think, oh, God, has it come to that that I've got to repent? How bad am I? It's like a bad thing. It's like a cuss word. Right? It's not. It's liberating. But you and I have to understand how to apply it and stay with it. The world needs it. What does love do when someone does something wrong? Love forgives. Doesn't mean that we do. Doesn't mean that other people that we vomit on and do things to, that they can necessarily forgive. But listen to me. Whatever anybody else does where your life is concerned, that's between them and God. What you do is key to you being liberated and free because when you're not free, when you're not delivered in your soul, you're you're not just contaminating yourself, you're contaminating people around you. And I'm telling you today, you got to work this out within yourself. The only thing that will deliver you and keep you delivered is a life of repentance and and a, a steadfastness in a relationship with God. Nothing else. Now you can try to be delivered. You have 490 people lay hands on you to be delivered. And there can be, there can be some manifestation, and there will be, because of people of faith. There can be manifestation and things go on when people pray for you, but it won't last because you've not learned how to stay free. God wants us free. Whom the Son sets free, then we're free. And you're not only free, but you stay free. And nobody can talk you out of it. Can you say amen to that? The, the, The thing that the church in days past, say say this, not anymore. Say it again. One more time. Okay. In the days past, what the church began to lack that I've seen is a passion for the lost. A passion for lost people. I was, it was 1988 and I lived in McAllen, Texas, I had my own business. I worked at car dealerships. I had a, had a detailing business, and I would go to the car dealerships, and I'd work on cars, and I was, man, I was busy, busy, busy all the time. Worked five and a half days a week, and sun up to sundown. Just, it was, it was a great business, but that's all, I mean, I just worked all the time. And um, during that time, and that was days before cell phones, but we had pagers on our side, and, you know, I had, I had a pager and it was constantly going off, writing numbers down. I had a little, a little pad I carried. I only wore shirts with a pocket because I had to have this little notebook in there to write down all my calls and things that were coming in. So I'd, I'd get calls and I'd write them down. So one day I was in a little town between McAllen and Harlingen called Westlaco. And uh, I was at a dealership there, a Chrysler dealer. And uh, I, was, I was in there and... and uh, and I was, I was, I was, 
dropping my, t- I think I was dropping my tickets off, if I, if, I, if I remember right. I was dropping my tickets for all the cars that I'd done, but I was in a hurry. I was trying to get back to McAllen, and I had uh, other car dealers, and it was getting late in the day, and, and, I, and my pager was going off, and I was, man, just so whatever. And, uh, and so I, I was standing at the counter, and there was a guy that was on my top ten list. And uh, he was a, he was F and I guy, and and uh, and but yet he, he for some reason he took my ticket. He would take the tickets that I left, and he would take them somewhere else. And I'm standing at the counter, and and I'm looking at this guy, and I'm thinking, and, and God's saying to me, I'd been I'd just been loving him and just kind of sowing into him, not preaching at him, but just loving the guy. And uh, I heard this this voice inside of me. It's time. It's time. You need to minister to this guy. Beep, 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 beep. Beeper's going off. This beeper's going off inside saying, you need to lay everything down and you need to minister to this guy. And I, and I heard it and, and, I'm, and I'm just thinking, so I'm asking him, hey, hey, bro, how's it going? You know, how, how are things going? And he's looking at me just with this stare and I'm thinking, it's not going well and I need to stop. You know, but my beeper's going off, and I'm hurrying. I'm thinking, oh, you know what? I'll come back down here tomorrow. This is on—I know it was on a Friday because I was going to come back the next morning, and I and I did. I came back the next morning. So I run outside. I get in my van. I pull around. Okay, and he—he had a—he had a he had a, uh, a Ford Mustang, and he came out of the back of the dealership, and and. Sp- and spun his tires and kind of bolted out of the side of this dealership and and he almost hit me and we stopped like this and I'm, I'm looking at that guy and I'm thinking man I got to I got to stop but I couldn't and I drove off and long story short that night that guy committed suicide in a drug overdose. Man, for months, I mean, just thinking about it now, for months it just tormented me that I didn't stop and take the time for that guy. And the way I found out is I came back the next day because I was, you know, I wasn't as busy and I could come back and talk to the guy. You don't know we don't know, and, and I'm reminded, in, in the last few years, I've been reminded of that guy, and I made a commitment. I made a commitment with God. I'd never do that again. When God said something, it's time for something, I'm going to do it. And, and, and I'm, I'm bringing this word to you because I, I, I hear God saying, my, my wife said it earlier, the world is in unrest. And the world needs you and I in the rest of God. He said, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. My yoke is easy and my burden, it's light. It's, it's light. You, can, you don't have to be freaked out about people that need you and all these kind of things. Those can wait and he'll work all those details out if you'll just do what he wants you to do when he needs you. My encouragement to you if you've never done this before, my encouragement to you, is to make a list. Just, just start writing down people that you know, that you know in your life are not saved. Just write their names down in a list. If it's one or two or three or four people, 
Don't even do anything with it. Just put it on the list and put it somewhere where you can see it every day and look at it. Think about it. Let God show you what can you do for those people. If everybody in here had a list of four or five or ten people, if everybody has a list and we're doing something about it, then we're fulfilling the Great Commission. The Great Commission, and, and, and the scripture I just read to you in Matthew 9, Jesus didn't invite all them to come to a healing meeting. He went to them. And if everybody's going and people start loving you because of your kindness and your acceptance and your goodness, then you know what will happen? They'll love your God. Story I told, I think it was last Sunday, I told you the story about the, the, the guy on the airplane one time years ago. And I'm sitting next to this guy, he's in the middle seat, and I really didn't want to talk to the guy at all. And, uh, and I didn't like the way he sat down and all this stuff and things about him, and I didn't like it at all. And uh, didn't like what he had on, didn't like this, that. I mean, I mean, I was prejudiced, whatever you want to call it. I just didn't like the guy. There was just something in me. I just, it just sat wrong, and I, I had an attitude. And God said, I need you to talk to this guy. You say, well, how does God say that? I don't know. I don't know. I just knew I needed to talk to him. And I kept arguing with God, in essence, I don't want to talk to him. I need you to talk to him. And this was sometime after my experience in the valley, and I said, I'll talk to him. So I just stirred up a conversation. We were flying from Atlanta, I think it was Atlanta, to San Antonio, so it was a two and a half hour flight, so I had a, I had a captive audience. He couldn't go anywhere. He was in the middle seat and I was on the window. So we started talking. Long story short, this guy was, said he was an atheist. And so as we were talking, time went on in the conversation, and, he, and I said, uh, why are you an atheist? He said, well, he said, like with your God, he said, I could never serve a God that sends people to hell. And I said to him, I said, you know what? I couldn't either. I said, I'd never serve a God that would send people to hell. And he goes, what do you mean? I said, I'm telling you, I'd never serve a God to send people to hell. He said, but your God sends people to hell. I said, where'd you get that? I said, I'll tell you where you got that. You got that from hell. I said, my God sent the best of heaven so that people wouldn't have to go to hell. And in fact, if a person goes to hell, they have to step over Jesus to get to hell. My God doesn't send anybody to hell. So I said to the guy, I said, so since you got the wrong God, let me tell you about my God. So I started telling him about my God. I believed that day. I didn't lead the guy to the Lord, you know. But I'm telling you, he perked up. See, he had a wrong image of God. And, 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 and most, most of the people out there that are not Christians yet, they want to be, but they don't know they want to be because they hadn't found me yet. See, God's in me, and for them to get to Him, they've got, they got to go through me. See, if anybody's going to get saved on planet Earth, it's going to happen through me. That sounds pretty arrogant, right? 
But if we all had that attitude, then people would be getting saved all the time around us. If anybody's going to get saved on planet Earth, it's going to happen through me because I'm open. I had a guy die on my watch. I don't know if that guy's in hell or not. I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But I finally got peace over it over a long period of time. But I don't have to make that decision again. So my passion for the lost is just growing stronger every day. I expect in a year from now, my passion for the lost and my creativity for lost people be through the roof. Through the roof. Because God is building His church that the gates of hell cannot prevail against. What I was telling you about the repentance, the deliverance, and the healing, the world, people are spending millions of dollars, millions of dollars to try to get well when, when uh, uh, you understand what I'm saying. I have the answer, so do you. I'm just saying, I have the answer, and if they'll get to me, and they'll love things about me, and then when they find out why I'm such a good person in their eyes, well, let me tell you about why I'm that way, because it's my God. So that, that's the avenue to my God. I, I saw a guy that was on my top ten or my list at one time. And for about five years, the only contact I had with him was two minutes. About however many days a week he worked through a drive-thru. That was the only contact I had with him. Two minutes through a drive-thru. And over five years, there was something he liked. So he didn't have to live with me like my wife does. <laughs> so all he, got, all he got from me was two minutes. So he didn't, you know, he didn't have to live with me. So he, you know, I, was a, I, was, I was it. You know. I was it to him. One day, he said, what do you do? I mean, like five years, he didn't ask me what I did. And I, and I, I remember... We'd be in, we, we, we may, it may have been a day when it was three minutes. The person behind us was mad because I was taking too long. But it may have been a three-minute conversation. And I left him with something to think about. Not a scripture, just a thought. And I can remember so many times him looking at me and just watching me drive off. Thinking, well, who is that guy? What does he do? What's the deal with him? It's my God. Anything that's good about me, anything, it's my God. And listen to me, the world will love our God if they love you. Don't bring him to me. The people in your world, don't bring him to me. You're there. You got the goods. I'm telling you how to do it. I'll help you. You can come and sit with me, and I'll help you. I'll tell you every little thing that I've done, but it won't necessarily work where you're at. You've got to get creative, but I'll help you. I'll do anything. I'll tell you anything that I can about how I've ministered to people. Anything. But don't bring them to me. You're there. And you're anointed, and you can do it. Can you say amen? I'm telling you today, folks, you can do it. Now, I'm going to leave you with this, and we'll pick this up next Sunday. Matthew 
5 and verse 13, and I'm going to read this in the Amplified, I mean in the message also. Matthew 5 and verse 13. So this is who you are. This is who you and I are. Let me tell you, this is Jesus talking. This is Jesus actually preaching. I've been right there where Jesus preached this message. He said, let me tell you why you're here. You're here to be salt seasoning that brings out the God flavors of this earth. You're here to be salt seasoning that brings out the God flavors of this earth. If you lose your saltiness, how will people taste godliness? Ooh. If you lose your saltiness, how will people taste godliness? You've lost your usefulness and will end up in the garbage. You may not end up in the garbage, but you'll feel like you're in a garbage can. Because we were created to save the lost. In the power of Jesus' name. We were created to go to the lost and be the salt that they need to be, that they need to taste. Here's another way to put it. You're here to be light, bringing out the God colors in the world. God is not a secret to be kept. We're going public with this. And I'm telling you today, gates of the city, we're going public with how good God is. The song we sang, the last song that we sang about the goodness of God, it's time to go public with it. Amen? And it doesn't mean that, that the rest of the church on the planet's not, but we can't wait around and just expect everybody else to do it. It starts with you. Think about all the people in your world. And all you need to do to start is just start writing their names down so you can be reminded of them every day. And don't write down the ones you like first. Write down the ones that are irritating. Man, I, I, I could talk for the next two hours of the people that I've seen saved that when I started out, people would tell me, man, don't, watch out for her. Man, watch out for this guy. Oh, man, when I hear that, when I hear watch out, man, I'm all in. Come on, give it to me. I was out of town last weekend, and I was at this counter, and this lady from some other country was serving me, from Russia, I think, and she was serving me, and, and, and she said, and I was going to pay with, a, with, with my, my card, and, and she said, uh, swipe. And I, and I saw at the bottom where you could put the chip in. And I said, you mean chip? She goes, I said swipe. Oh, okay. You, she did. But you know, some people will say swipe and they, and they meant chip. You, you had those people? Well, that's what I thought was going on. I said, you, you mean chip? No, swipe. I said swipe. In her Russian accent. I said, yes, ma'am. So I swiped. She was probably 
I don't know, 65, 68 years old. No telling what she's been through in her life. God. I said, ma'am, I, I don't know who does your hair, but I really like your hair. See, has anybody ever in her life, when she responded like that, been kind to her? What does love do? Love is always kind. Love's always patient. It doesn't matter what other people do. And you know what? When I use that as an example, you have to really work through that. You got to take that example and say, well, you know, that doesn't mean I'm going to be nice to this person. Well, okay. You do whatever. I'm telling you, love always does that. Always. Love never takes into account a wrong suffered. No, love never demands this kind of thing. See, love doesn't. But love doesn't rejoice in unrighteousness either. See, so there's a balance to that, and you have to work it out. In that situation, that's what I was supposed to do. There may be another situation where I'm, I'm going to demand what needs to be said in a certain way, but still walk in love because love doesn't rejoice in unrighteousness. It just depends. And you've got to discern how to know the difference in those kind of times. Because we are salt and light. And the rest of that said, where did I stop? God is not a secret to be kept. We're going public with this. As, a, as public as a city on a hill. Kind of like we are up here on the hill. Right? If I make you light bearers, you don't think I'm going to hide you under a bucket, do you? I'm putting you on a light stand now that I've put you there on a hilltop on a light stand, shine. Keep open house. Be generous with your lives by opening up to others. You'll prompt people to open up with God. By opening up to others, you'll prompt people to open up with God, this generous Father in heaven that we have. By opening up to others, you'll prompt people to open to God. What an amazing God we serve. Every, I'm just, I'm absolutely convinced of this. The rest of God that I've begun to operate and step into at a new level in my own personal life is all directly related to my focus, a stronger focus on my top 10 list. A stronger focus on what's going on outside. Doesn't mean I'm not focusing here. But when you lose passion for those out there you forget who you really are you want to find out who you really are get involved out there don't be afraid of people don't be afraid of, of the sin listen the world has a sin problem but only Jesus can fix it and the only way Jesus can fix it in every individual person's life is for Jesus to come alive inside of them you'll never fix sin in your neighbor you'll never fix disobedience in somebody that's next to you you can pray for them. And the more you pray for them, I'm telling you, your words will work. But you've got to love them first. What, what does love do? Love always forgives. It's always patient. It's always kind. It's all those things. But remember, that's not you looking at somebody else. That's you looking right here. 
It's not your business how kind or unkind anybody else is. It's your business is what are you doing with God? And the people in your world will be affected. Glory to Jesus.